Greetings, MMD. It's Jason here with a Garbage Cast Conversation. It's been a long time. We had so many episodes in the can. There's a behind-the-scenes look at this podcast that I think it's been a month and a half, maybe, since we recorded a Garbage Cast Conversation, and yet they keep coming out. That is podcasting magic, my friend. Today's topic, which you came up with, uh, was to pick some songs that... um, I guess gave us sort of an emotional response, something we might have a connection to. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was wide open, and I sat here for several days pondering it. I would write on my index card when d- different songs would come into my mind. What would I like to share with you and explain, you know, why I have picked these songs? And I really came up with more upbeat songs than downtrodden Debbie Downer songs. Uh, the final song. Uh, has an emotional response to me that uh, it may be a little more, I wouldn't call it Debbie Downer, but it's a little more reflective. The first three songs I'm going to choose here, very short songs. They're all very upbeat. I, I don't know that I've ever really played them on the um, on the Up in the Spring podcast. I think I might have played a couple of them on there. Uh, but they're songs that have stuck with me. Songs that I like to hear maybe when I need a little pick-me-up, a little boost, that are a little more rare, songs that you might not hear as often. Uh, You know, I'm a big uh, Patti LaBelle fan, so I like Patti LaBelle. Patti LaBelle music gets you up and gets you going, especially if you're sort of blah. And I've played some Patti LaBelle in the past on my podcast. Uh, But these songs... If I have played them, it's been a mighty, mighty long time. And uh, they're, like I said, they're songs you would not hear that often. Uh, the first song, which I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast has probably never heard unless they were paying attention to the UK charts several years ago, okay? This is a song by a band that was from Los Angeles. They have now completely disbanded. They are completely gone, Okay. This song actually hit number one in the UK. I'm not sure when it was, though. I think it might have been 2006. And then the band disbanded in 2007. They were together from 2000 to 2007. And I guess they hit that that the heap of popularity in 2006 when they had a number one song in England, but never could break through in the United States, which is where they were from. Okay? And this song was notorious for being, for a long time, the fewest copies sold to become a number one single in the UK. It says here the uh, the song climbed to the top spot, earning the band the lowest ever weekly sales of a UK number one single, selling only 17,694 copies. It held this record for over a decade until One Dance by Drake sold even fewer copies during its ninth week at number one in June of 2016. Not exactly the sort of notoriety you would like. <laughs> so, I think this is a great song. It's a song that is it's very upbeat. I especially like the ending of it. Uh, I think most people who know me would probably go, "Wow, I can, you know, I'm shocked that you would really like this song." There's some mid 2000s sort of party music that I still, I don't know why I connected with it, but I really enjoy it. And I think the the thing was, back in 2006, I was just starting to listen to streaming radio. And I would listen to a lot of overseas radio, and that is where I heard this. And I got, I think I bought it on iTunes, and I've had it ever since, and it's always remained in playlists. The band is named Orson. The song is called No Tomorrow. Some romance 
outfit that you wear and love it when they check you out. Covers only 20 bucks, and even if the DJ sucks, it's time to turn this mother out. Wow. There you go. Orson, No Tomorrow, 2006. I still think that's an awesome song. I always enjoy hearing it. Very upbeat, party, crazy song, and very short. Perfect for the format of the Garbage Cast Conversation, especially since I'm sneaking in a third song on you, but uh, or a fourth song. But luckily, these next two songs are also impressively short. And uh, these two songs have a connection in the fact that they're both from the same decade, and they are both in the genre of doo-wop. Now, I don't play a lot of doo-wop on my podcast. I don't know why, because I have a ton of it, and there's certain songs I really enjoy. In fact, this song right here by the Dell Vikings. Now, this is a band, I believe they were from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hopefully my memory is not super fuzzy on that. They had a bigger hit called Come Go With Me that I think, you know, that's a good song. But this song right here, Whispering Bells, is from 1957. And it was on the soundtrack for Stand By Me back in 1986, a cassette that I had for the longest amount of time. I'm not sure where that ended up or what happened to it. I'm sure everybody's familiar with Stand By Me, the movie. Uh, this is one of the 50 songs that sort of made a comeback during the summer of 86. It did not rechart. I think some other songs did rechart uh, from Stand By Me, but unfortunately, Whispering Bells did not. And it was always one of my absolute favorite songs. And I just love music from this time period. Back in the day, back when I was growing up, there was a uh, an oldie station that played mostly 50s music, a little bit of 60s toward the time I was in high school. And I would listen to it all the time. You know, my mother grew up, of course, in that time period and loved 50s music. And so I heard a lot of 50s music in my house over the years. This was one of my absolute favorite songs at the time, Whispering Bells by the Dell Vikings from 1957. Oh, 
but that is still a great song. A classic from 1957. Number nine on the pop charts, number five on the R&B chart. It says the group was notable for being one of the few racially integrated musical groups to attain success in the 1950s. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Dell Vikings. And here another example of fine, excellent doo-wop. It's a band called The Chords. Uh, they were from Brooklyn. They had one hit. This is that hit. It is a song that was gigantic for them, and hopefully they got uh, money off of that song for many years to follow because this was, like I said, their only hit song. And this is very early in rock and roll. This was released in 1954. Hit number two on the R&B charts, number nine on the pop charts, and in a version of the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Songs of All Time, I'm not sure, you know, they updated every once in a while, but the Oracle Wikipedia says it was uh, ranked number 215 on the list of the 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. A more popular version of this song uh, was made by the Crew Cuts, a Canadian band, and it hit number one on the Billboard charts in August and September of 1954. So, uh, yay Canada. I don't have the Canada sound on here. My apologies. I'm sure you can hear it in your head. Canada! But uh, I think this is the the best version. Sorry, Canada. It's called Shaboom. In fact, I do recall now, I played it a couple of years ago on the podcast, and I liked it so much because I was listening back in Boss Chalk that I played it twice. So one of my absolute favorite doo-wop songs right here always gets you in a great mood. It is the chords with Shaboom. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. Do, 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 Shaboom. Life could be a dream Shaboom. If I could take you up in paradise up above Shaboom. If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again Shaboom, and open with me again Boom, ding dong, ding dong Shalang, lang, lang, lang Oh, 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 pip Life could be a dream If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life would be a dream, sweetheart Every time I look at you Something is on my mind If you do what I want you to Maybe we'd be so fine Life would be a dream Shaboom, if I could take you up In paradise up above Shaboom, you know me, darling I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream about this 1954 i'm willing to bet that's a one take yeah and i don't know how many takes they did over the song but i guarantee that is probably a whole a whole take you know that's the best take and that's the one they used a live performance bam it's right there there's no there's no pro tools there's no editing before or afterwards maybe there's some tweaking on the little board that was filled with vacuum tubes who knows Brilliance right there from the chords, 1954, from the, you know, the history of rock and roll that goes back to 53, 54, 52. Look, we lost Fats Domino this week. I mean, what a legend. And think of the music that comes 
from Fats Domino. I mean, it, it all goes back. Modern music all goes back to these songs, and it's it's crazy how old they're getting, and we think about them less and less, and it, it, it's odd to see our music, the foundations of rock and roll disappearing. And, and it is. And as all of us who love this music disappear... That, that music will fade out, and I guess that is just, that's why we're not still, you know, <laughs> humming along to classical or whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that is just part of the, the genesis of it, the evolution of music. The final song I have here, it's a song I actually keep hearing lately. I don't know why. I've heard it like three times in the last few weeks. It's just popped up randomly in different places, and it's a song that... Um, Probably shouldn't, but just because it makes me feel melancholy, reflective. I, I don't really know why. I'm choosing it to share with you in this podcast because you said songs that you know, trigger some sort of emotion. And, and the emotion, I, I don't want to call it like a sadness or a feeling of, you know, of old loss or old regret. I mean, it, it's like it's a combination of all of these things, but it's not like a striking feeling like that. It's just like a sort of a melancholy, reflective, you know, my goodness, you know, where... Where is the time gone? And it's it's sort of about people you used to be connected to that are now long gone. And looking back a little bit at those lost connections, that, that's sort of what I think about. And maybe we can apply that to, you know, we all probably have our songs. And maybe they just remind us of certain time periods or certain people from that time. It's not necessarily meant to be a sort of a melancholy, reflective song. But it's what happens. And the other day, I, I shazammed it so I wouldn't forget it. Uh, I had the same reaction when I heard on the uh, Casey Kasem, you know, the old classic Top 40 channel we have here on iHeart. They played the Rolling Stones' Waiting on a Friend. And that is another one that it makes me feel the same way. It's just sort of, I don't know if it's because I just tie it to events that happened when that song was out. Or, you know, somehow it just got mixed into my mind as being this sort of... Uh, I don't know. It's it's maybe it's just the whole presentation of the song, even beyond the lyrics, that makes me think about. I don't I don't know even how to describe it. So you know these are this is a song where I can't really put my finger on the emotion or why I'm so reflective about it. Uh, but this was a huge hit for ELO, and at the time it was their biggest hit up until 1979, when "Don't Bring Me Down" became a bigger hit. Um, this song features, uh, they called the United States uh, to get a United States a ringtone because when they were recording it in the UK, of course, it was a completely different ringtone over there. And, of course, the song is Telephone Line. It's from 1977. It hit number seven in the United States, number eight in the UK, and uh, it is the longest, it says the longest charting song by ELO, 23 weeks in the Hot 100 says nearly a full month longer on the chart than any other ELO song. Ranked as the number 15 song of 1977 and number one in New Zealand and Canada. So there you go. Um, I, like I said, when I hear this song, I don't, I don't know what it does to me. It just sort of puts me in this nostalgic, reflective, uh, you know, not really a downtrodden mood, but a mood where you're just kind of sitting there going, hmm... You know, a lot of the it, it's one of those that opens uh, memories, and maybe maybe it does make you think of those people that uh, you know you once talked to all the time, and and they're no longer present for you to talk to. It makes you sort of look back a little bit. I don't think I'm looking back to 1977 by any means because I don't really recall 1977. I was a little young then. <laughs> So whatever attachment I have, whatever I've done uh, in my mind with this song must have happened much later. But I've always been a gigantic Electric Light Orchestra fan, and I loved all of this music, and especially this song right here. So that's my final selection here for the songs that trigger some sort of emotion for the Garbage Cast. Always good to talk to you. Look forward to hearing your songs either before my segment or after. I'll be listening with the other hundreds of people. I don't know what has happened or why this podcast is so popular, but hello, everyone in Spain. I don't know, I don't know why you're listening, but thank you for listening. Uh, here it is, 1977 Electric Light Orchestra and Telephone Line. Bye. 
This week's topic in the Garbage Cast Conversations is hip-hop. That's a contribution from one of the artist selections that I've picked. If you each pick three, three songs that speak to us because... Hip-hop means a lot to me from, in terms of, it's the one music genre that I've, I've listened to from as soon as I discovered it till recently. I mean, I still consume some hip-hop but according to YouTube there's some modern hip-hop and and I don't know what that is there are new hip-hop artists that claim that they have a new style but it seems even looser than freestyle so I don't know if that's the jumping off point, but anyways, that's another discussion. We're talking about hip-hop, what it means to us, three song selections. Number one song selection I want to talk about, mine, I figured I have three songs, I have the genre of hip-hop, why not tell a story? So I have the first song, which is What's Up Fat Lip? By Fat Lip. Fat Lip from The Far Side. That's what that song in the beginning was. Um, it's, of course, The Far Side running. Let's bring that back. I have it on YouTube. This is one of their hits. I must have been on some of this fat level out like a punk in a chunk or a sucker or something to that effect. Respect I used to never get because all I got was upset when it used to be like suffering and trying to sweat it in like the lip. For no reason at all, I can't recall it. Throw a seed in my face down the hall, kicking it in the back of the school, eating chicken at three. Wondering why is everybody always picking on me? I tried to talk and tell them. Show no macho is shown, but when it's on, when it's on, then it's on. Yeah, 
could actually turn it off without having to turn it off. Okay, so that's one of their hits. The far side running also hits the drop, which samples the Beastie Boys, and there is one more. Anyways, this is his, basically his breakout solo album, What's Up Fat Lip. He doesn't release anything else for a long period of time, and he actually battles a drug addiction to, I believe, cocaine after he leaves the far side. People say, one theory is that it was... He was accused of being gay, and then he left the group. I, I honestly didn't keep up with it. But in terms of, of depression and just what it means to be sad, upset, just not good. I think it conveys that kind of message. Let's listen to it. It's just filmed not on the lost streets of Los yet. Angeles. Oh! Little kid punches him in the nuts. He's riding a bike with a car seat on I encourage you to watch this video. It's pretty amazing. What's up, Fat Lip? My Fat Lip. Pretty sure he's in a diaper at some point. Boombox. Riding the bus. Almost every day in the back of your mind, you probably thinking I was gay. But no, nah, I'm just a bitch. Falls off the bike. Type to get jacked if I'm the rich ass nigga. See, the kid re steals his bike. There's a clown in the middle of the street. Which you expect to give respect and feel for all niggas keeping check. Now the diaper. There we go. There we go. Trench coat diaper. I'll make myself sick. Get on my own nerve, immature, insecure, grown up nerve. Can't MC on a label that's unstable. Chopping bliggy on the table. Who am I kidding? Who am I fooling? When they be like, what's up, fat lip? And I said, cool them. Who am I kidding? Who am I fooling? When they be like, what's up, fat lip? And I said, cool them. Who am I kidding? Who am I when they be like, what's up, fat lip? And I say, cool then. Who am I kidding? Who am I fooling? When they be like, what's up, fat lip? Is that a strip club? Dancing. It has to be. Okay. Bottle crown. Yeah, you do. Still in the clown makeup. Kid dancing. Diaper dance. Diaper dance. Diaper dance. Diaper dance. Clown. On the curb. Being chased by a little dog. There we go. Running commentary.
cancel. Anyways. Far from heart, emotionally, emotionally scarred on Pico Boulevard, it was regarded as a retard. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory when it comes to lyrics and what he thinks people think about him. People were expecting a lot of things from Fat Lip, and... He didn't really blow up the charts like he thought he would on his own. It took a long time for his next hit, which I don't know. L.A. Girl by Fat Lip and Yeti Beats? I don't know. I'm going to wait for the Trivago ad. I don't know about this. What is his accent? Silly, silly long haired girl. She thought I was Caribbean. Ah, my dreadlocks and the way I pop lock. She took me to the museum. We saw some bisquat paintings. I don't even really know if that's his name. But on the way home, someone called her. And her ringtone was by the game. She's always in my path. She's always in my way. And every time she's about to leave, I ask my baby to stay. She's always in my path. Wait, what? style we travel around the world and go wild while off in japan we sat in a van eating sardines out of a can now we're in the club and we're dancing electro music playing romancing situation got hairy and it kind of got scary i'm turning that off because I don't know what to make of that. So he was eating. Anyways, this is doesn't seem like. His old stuff. All of what's up fat lip seems to be recorded. The video seems to be recorded on the LA streets. Or home video. Okay, let me see what this is. Alright. So this is some sort of gangster rap video. Okay, where is the fat lip part? Playtime is over. Ah. Now I'm back on my bullshit. Same dude that the real dudes is cool with. 
My main tone split, flipping the acoustics. Listen to the snare drum crack like a pool stick. And the kick drum's kind of like a bad habit. And I'm a microphone fiend, cause I gotta have it. Yeah, I'm addicted in the worst way. Call me Nancy, cause I murder with the wordplay. When playtime's over, I take your mind back to the norm. Where the hardcore was once invented. But once, once the going gets up, what we do is reinvent. It's time to get it straight. When playtime's over, I take your mind back to the norm. Where the hardcore was once invented. But once the going gets up, right. what we do is reinvent. Hmm. Ooh, creaky desk. Sorry. Let's see why he won't join Fat Lip. So the whole uh, Rock the Bells thing that y'all did with Chang Weisberg, would you say that reunion when he put that on the flyer, the reunion tour, that was um, that was fake. That wasn't really, that wasn't really a real. That was just marketing techniques, obviously. Right? Nah, nah, that was a false reunion. I mean, like when y'all got back together, like. That was that was a kind was it was it like a possibility when y'all was in this you know backstage or just vibing or rehearsing or you said y'all didn't even rehearse really on huh, together. Nah, we didn't rehearse. Right. So like, was there any conversations like, hey, yo, man, maybe we should just do this again. Fuck it. There was no comment because that's what a lot of people want to know, man. Like, what what happened on that tour? You know what I mean? What happened on the tour was all right. What happened on the tour was the homie Sean. Shout out to Mo, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 minutes at paid dues. Shout out to Murks. Uh, everybody was like, this nigga lip is washed up. What year was this? This was 2008, paid dues. I think so, yeah. Right? This nigga. Okay, I guess he was washed up. There was a whole documentary that went along after looking at the creation of What's Up Fat Lip and what it took and it it, it, I think it's craziness. I think it's just straight up insanity. But it's 43 minutes. I'm not going to subject you to all of that. Anyways, when it comes to insanity and, and depression and, and like feeling low and, and just bottoming out, I think What's Up Fat Lip, great hip-hop song to embody that. Okay, let's move on to the second song. Second song is by an artist called Sage Francis. Um, known for being the first hip-hop artist to be so, uh, signed to Epitaph. Uh, he, had a, he had an Searing critique of September 11 um, called Makeshift Patriot, although that's not the song that I remember being my introduction to Sage Francis. Um, it's this song, Inherited Scars. Um, Makeshift Patriot was in 2001 and became an internet hit, apparently. I, I didn't I didn't remember it, but I remember downloading personal well one song off of personal journals. Um, this song it's it's very complex lyrically, but it tells a story and it's it's one of my favorite hip hop songs because of of story it tells. I want to show you something. She said, as if I had built up enough trust in her to the point where she could show me the type of thing that she had at first introduced by saying she wanted to show it instead of just showing it like look. And I like don't feel like looking like the uninterested type. So I say, all right, show that shit. <laughs> With a little bit more respect and reservation. It was my sister, for Christ's sake. So I'm waiting for a follow-up line. There usually always is the statements like, I want to show you something. Kind of runs in the same vein. The statement's like, you can't tell anyone. Promises are made and secrets are kept. I ain't tell anyone about what I've seen or heard that day. Mom's the word still. I'm scared to plant. I dance in your head while your belly side is fertile. Hurdles are getting knocked down. I'm running a losing race. Your legs aren't the only ones marked up. How many dreams have you chased? I could have said this to your face. Maybe you wouldn't have to write like I do. Except I use paper instead of my body now. It's something you 
might want to try to. From haikus to horror stories, there's something in our blood that we share. Something in our blood that appears on the surface of our skin when we bring it there. A facial expression said I didn't care. I guess I was naive. I thought at first, when I first saw I listened to the song in university, I thought it was about tattoos. But they talk about razor blades, that's pretty obvious. I guess it's about cutting. Wow. I, I really... Hmm. Let's go back to it. Contact, you know, I can't ask your mom what's happening. You got such beautiful gifts, what are you doing ruining the packaging? How ironic, come to think I probably put this ink on my back for him. Ink, see? Thought it was about ink. Keeping your ass indoors, I'm asking for you to stick it out and see things through. You're asking for me to zip my mouth and keep it just between me and you. But here, why it's about razor blades. kill switch um so yeah that is why that chorus he talks about next time wanting to paint with razor blades and needing a canvas use his skin so it must be about cutting but i really thought it was about like tattoos but he did mention about like tattoos of i guess throughout his childhood and his sister telling him and admitting to him what she's been doing to herself as a result of it. It's just such a tight lyrical verse. Look it up on a good lyric site. I'm on AZ Lyrics, which is a bad lyric site because it doesn't have the intro. It starts with the verse. But go to one with the whole complete version of Inherited Scars. And it just tells this story. And it's just one tight story about... Someone trying to deal with depression in one way, which is to inflict it upon themselves. And I can see how life can make someone do that, but that's just one outcome. Um, and hip-hop and verse and, and poetry is so adept at capturing that story and translating that and sometimes hiding it in just a song although it's it's kind of hidden in plain sight I mean he has other songs that I enjoy um slow down Gandhi that's a good one about the political system but when it comes to hip-hop songs my top, top list of hip hop songs. Inherited Scars has to be in, in it. It's just that jazzy saxophone in the background. It's perfect. Oh. And it just it lulls you into listening into its story, but it's, it's a really tough subject matter. Which leads into the last one. Which is run the jewels crown because if we're gonna tell a story we got the depth of depression there is turmoil and inherited scars. Now we need some resolution. And I think in terms of, of, of powerful songs, songs that give me chills, Sage Francis, how, how bleak that song is, it, it gives me shivers and it makes me think and it puts me in a space. 
but Run the Jewels Crown does so in a completely different way because of how much hope that song has. Let's get it playing. Simple message, down with the shame. Down with the shame, down with the shame. Used to walk traps in the rain with cocaine. Used to write raps in the traps as I sat in the rain and I prayed that God give me a lane. I didn't actually look at this video before. It's pretty good. The lady in, in the video. Putting this lady okay in this lady's hand is actual literal in the video. Then she becomes that weird cold person. Hold on, let's, let's cut here for a second. So this person becomes redeemed. She goes from crackhead to cult person because she's wearing this weird white blouse and she's like never breaking eye contact and she doesn't stop like not blinking. Weird. They don't notice. Good. I thought I missed it. The simple message. Can't Pick up no crown. I'm wearing what's holding you down. Simple. Now it goes political. Down with the shame. Down with the shame. LP is wearing a military uniform. Step with aggression right into the fray, into the haze, into the murk. Told me to prove it and what I was worth. We'll teach you to move without mercy and give you the tools to go after the causes of hurt. You'll become death. You will take breath. This is for everything you've ever loved. Use all the pain that you felt in your life as the currency. Go out and trade it for blood. You were not you. You are now us. We are the only ones that you can trust. You'll become fear. Now he's a fat cat with a suit and a cigar. Talking to a military soldier. Give up your childish obsession with questioning anything we don't tell you is irrelevant. Everything you've ever been is replaced by the metal and fire of the weapon you clutch. Hold it. There we go. That works. Ooh. See? Knew it. She's like flipping like a crazy lady. Although now she's wearing a crown. Now the soldiers wearing a crown. Everyone's wearing crowns. Everyone's taking crowns off. Nope, just her. What was she flipping out? I don't understand. We have a crown now. Oh, it's 360. Cool. Okay, now this makes more sense. She's giving you the crown. What? Oh, that's a neat thing. Go and watch this video. It's 360. You can use this arrow and you scroll and it tells the story differently. Got a kaleidoscope. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. There we go. That'll stop it from accidentally playing. <sighs> yeah, you should go and watch this video on YouTube. It's actually 360, and so you can see different things going on you navigate the scroll wheel 
Trippy, trippy. Anyways, so we have a resolution to our three-story arc of depression. We have like depths of despair and then we have resolution or absolution. I don't know what it is, but I feel like that's the joy and the real ability of hip-hop to tell a story in a way that is relatable in a way that even poetry can't because it's got the element of music right I don't know if if the so-called new hip-hop is gonna the end of that, but you know, who knows? Just so you know, be for me, right? But whatever, things change all the time, they evolve. So, that is hip hop. I've been the MMD in Brampton in the studio for once. Um, playing you things off the mixer and YouTube. So, we've, um, I think we've wrapped up what I wanted to talk about. Um, hopefully it, it turned out pretty well. I don't want to record it ever again. I hope it's loud enough. If not, I'll cry. Hey, yo. I think you guys got a letter here. Looks like it's from L.A. Word. We take this down here to Mel. He's working out right now. Hey, yo, Mel. We got a letter right here, man. Dude from L.A. Who's that? Let me see that. What's it say? He said, bump, 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 get like that jump. Me, me. We gonna write this sucker back. Let's see what we got here. American Express. Nah, fucking bills. Nah. But old school. That's for... Hey, Mike, man, you got a letter here from the Bronx. A word? Yeah, someone wrote you, man. Oh, Pick shit. Pick this up. Oh, man. I can't believe it. They wrote me back. Oh, shit, man. The old school they come around. I know they come around, man. Let me see what this shit says right here. Wait a minute. D-Double-K, what's wrong with you? We got your letter asking us about the old school. Well, boy, the information we're doing fine. Still smoking the cheap, still drinking wine. We can't get no shows promoters won't call. So we're supposed to hang out without a rocket play ball. Are you the real Double-K? Is that you, Guy Davis? Or that DJ from LA who said he's gonna save us? Well, to answer your questions, yes, we're still amazed. Rock shot, Sarcastic, you be in a mess. You keep popping that junk. We got your address. Don't bother no more. Don't write, don't call. We need to take you to court for saying yes, yes, y'all. To conclude this, let us stop being a fool. Bring your ass to the Bronx. Love the old school. Are you fucking kidding me? These niggas is tripping. Man, I was just trying to find out how they rock shot, blocking the maze, and all, all that good. Man, see, that's why them fools, man, that's why in 88 they wasn't selling no records, man. Hold up. Fuck that. Just trying to help these old niggas out, man. Just trying to get them niggas some sign and some light. Fuck it, man. I'll just start writing old pop artists and some shit, man. Word, man. You know, like Luther Vandross. He'd appreciate that shit, man. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to throw a Luther Fest.